0: You are listening to the Sweet Empowerment Podcast with Kristen Brown. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode. I believe this is episode number 24. I can't believe how fast these episodes stack up. It's super, super exciting. I keep thinking I might run out of something to say, but I don't. There's always another boop thop that pops in, and for gosh sakes, it's always in that Starbucks drive-thru. I don't know what it is about that Starbucks drive-thru. I just think it's because I'm alone and I'm just very placid and I'm waiting for my warm chocolatey goodness to come my way. Anyway, today I wanted to talk to you guys about just an interesting thing. The title of this podcast is Why a Career Bachelor Chose Me to Marry. So think about it, a career bachelor and a cutie patootie at that, you know. My husband, Doug, is a very handsome man, and um, he has no problem attracting women, so what was it about me that attracted him or made him decide that I was the one that he would actually take that huge plunge with after, you know, almost three decades of being single? So I'm going to dive a little bit into that today because it has everything to do with what I teach To back up a little bit, my husband was a bachelor until he was 49 years old. He was engaged twice. He was never married. And his reason, although he had a hard time really coming up with one, was basically it never seemed like the right time. You know, years and years later, while I was with him, I kind of interpret that to mean there was something off that I couldn't quite put my finger on. So Doug and I met when we were both forty-four. Actually, I think I just turned forty-five. We're about four months apart, and we had gone to high school together. We knew each other very briefly, but I always enjoyed him. And at some point along the line, he friended me on Facebook, and I was super excited. And that's kind of how super excited because I remember him as a good person, not like oh my god love interest, as you'll hear. Very soon, that's not what I was thinking. I was like, oh yeah, I remember him. He's, what a great guy. But when we met, it was after my College of Kristen. And if you guys don't know what that is, you can read all about the College of Kristen and what that means in module one of my book that you can find on my website, www.sweetempowerment.com and it is under the My Book tab. So when we started to hang out, and I would call it that because it really wasn't dating. We just kind of like, it was a get together, like, hey, I haven't seen you in a long time. When we started hanging out, I was very solid. I was in a place in my life that I had never been, ever. And it was around, you know, my tsunami started in 42. So yeah, it was about 44, 45 when I had just come out of the other side of College of Kristen. And I was just feeling amazing. And I don't mean amazing like, oh, I'm all that. It wasn't superficial fake amazing. It was a deep healing peace that I had. I was just super solid and I knew who I was, who I am for the first time in my entire life. I finally understood what my value was and my soul was at peace. My heart was at peace. And I remember at our meetup number two, I want to say, him saying to me, so what does it take to get a girl like you? I mean, I just remember kind of looking at him like, what? Because we were just having coffee. <laughs> I was like, uh, what do you mean? And, and the funny thing is, is, I crack up about this to this day, is I didn't think he meant that for him. I, I, I did not sense the interest. And, you know, later I found out he was very self-protected. So that's probably the vibe that I was picking up on. But I didn't take that as interest in me. So I asked him what it was that he saw in me that was worth, quote, getting. And he said, I don't know. I see you're confident, you're happy, you're having a great time, you're motivated, and you're making things happen in life. And I thought about that, and I was like, wow, that's really cool. That was kind of the first time that I was being reflected back to me in that type of way, and it was really kind of um, awe-inspiring, just sort of like... You know, those moments when there's really no words to it, you're like, wow, that's that's interesting. So I'm going to jump ahead a little bit. It actually took us five years of being together to get married. I think we moved in about year two or something. I can't remember exactly. That was all a blur. Oh, no, maybe it was maybe like year three. Anyway, no, I think it was year two. Oh, gosh. Anyway, it took us about five years to get married. And he was really, really, really afraid. He was scared to death. He was so afraid that he couldn't even stay in a conversation about marriage for more than like 60 seconds. And that's no joke. So I kept bringing it up because as a coach, I, an empowerment coach at that, I realized that that was like sheer diversion. That was... Um, I need to get away from this conversation as soon as possible because it is touching something inside me That's scaring the crap out of me, and I don't want to go there so the poor guy didn't stand a chance with me because (laughs) I Kept going there and I kept asking more questions and um, Trying to figure out what the heck was going on inside of his heart And the more I went on the more I realized how incredibly frightened he really was but it had nothing to do with me And everything to do with his childhood, his relationship experiences, and many, many false beliefs about what marriage is, from unhappy married couples, from situations that he observed, and from society you know the things that would cite society would say like ball and chain now that wasn't one of his but I wanted to give you a really quick one like oh you're no ball and chain you know that type of stuff can really sink into someone's psyche who's a little bit uneasy about a situation so in April of 2017 we got married it was a beautiful little ceremony with just family it was on a grassy hill next to a lake in uh, North Scottsdale here And it was really sweet and small and exactly what both of us wanted. So the question is, the whole reason for this episode is, why did a career bachelor, who was scared to death, choose me to finally marry? Reason number one, because I didn't need him. Now I'm saying need in air quotes. I wanted him. I enjoyed being with him. I really liked him. But I didn't need him. I had zero voids that needed to be filled. I didn't need him to tell me I was good enough, pretty enough, valuable enough. I didn't need it. I had filled my own cup. I had filled my own voids by doing my healing work. And he was just going to be a bonus in an already solid life. Now keep in mind, guys, that neediness and desperation puts off a prickly and repelling vibe and even though we think we might be really good at it about working it and acting like we're not that way there's a vibe that comes along with it and don't underestimate all of our spidey senses you know we have telepathy i'm not sure if that's the right word but we're, we're basically all empaths we feel each other we're energetic beings and we feel each other and sometimes there's just that feeling that you're just like mm, i don't know what it is about that person but there's i just don't really like their vibe so you could be the greatest person in the world be having a great time fun and exciting and all this but you got this like little needy undercurrent going on or desperation and it's kind of unattractive so reason number one is i didn't quote need him Reason number two is because I called him out on his shit. If he acted any way outside the guidelines of what I deemed respectful, he got called out on it. Now, you guys have to understand, I'm a very low-key person. I'm not like, oh my God, you didn't open the door for me. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about disrespectful behavior, things that make me feel like this person doesn't give a damn about me or doesn't honor me okay so I would call him out on it and I would set boundaries and I would hold firm to them until he firmly owned took responsibility for and apologized for his behavior and it wasn't only that because words don't work with me anymore it's really about energy feeling and about knowing that they really really get it and if you guys really sit in that with someone after like 14,321 apologies and they're still doing the same behavior guys words aren't working you're gonna have to set a boundary with action forward movement was all I was interested in I have a backstory of being with men that didn't own their shit didn't take responsibility for their crappy behavior crappy treatment of me and I knew that, I know that one of the most important things that we can have in a partner is somebody that owns their stuff and is willing, not okay with me. And if you go back to the reason number one, I wasn't needy. Now, this doesn't mean that I didn't miss him or was sad if I had to put a couple days between us or what have you. I was. But when there, when neediness is not driving you, there's a whole different energy. We stand really firm. I mean, you might be able to see that in movies sometimes where people stand so firm in their boundary. And I remember thinking, gosh, I wish I could do that. Well, it's a movie. So let's just disclaim right there. It's a movie. It's a Hollywood movie. However, there's something to that because when we really, truly love ourselves and we got ourselves and, and we're going to take care of ourselves, we stand in that because it is better to be alone than to have someone treat us like crap which leads me to reason number three which is I didn't try to impress him oh think about that I'm sure all of you are like oh my god it's me it's me I hope you're saying it's me if it's you because that's ownership guys remember there is no shame in owning your stuff it's the only way that we heal we have to own our stuff and not judge ourselves for it so backing up to unworthy Kristen of you know yesteryear I've subconsciously I didn't think I, I was thinking I had to put on a show but I was I was putting on a show with my looks and my behavior I felt like I had to look pretty no matter what and my personality had to shine like a brand new copper penny there was no room for me to look disheveled or you know go to the lake without makeup on or not be always in a good mood and be the fun girl you know i was selling a false front because i wanted to gain the love and approval of whoever was around me at that time whatever man or person that i was trying and you know what? I was losing all sense of authenticity. Now, of course, bits of my personality would shine through. I'm kind of a, you know, boisterous, fun-loving person anyway. However, there was this energy again that I was putting out that, that I had to looked and act, look and act a certain way or I was not valuable. So I remember just really soon, like, oh gosh, I don't even know, a week into hanging out with Doug, my now current husband. <laughs> Uh, he wanted to come over one night and I looked in the mirror I was already in my my daughter's believe this hand-me-down flannel pajama bottoms (laughs) some big yucky sweatshirt that didn't match a little bit of makeup smear under my eyes and guess what I did I brushed my teeth that's all I did I was not trying to impress him it was like this is if, if we ended up being in a long term relationship, you're gonna see me like this anyway. And if I sell you based on past relationship this perfect little Barbie doll all the time, you're gonna expect me to be that perfect Barbie doll all the time, which I also experienced in past relationships because when I would look like your normal, you know, person at home cleaning, it just didn't ever seem like it was enough, or at least I wasn't told it was. So that's what I I, I didn't impress him. I didn't go out of my way say look at me I'm so pretty look at my this look at my that oh I'm so fun and if I was tired I was tired if I said yeah you can come over but I just want to watch TV you know whatever it was going on I was authentic here's another beautiful thing we I was living with my me and my children were living with my parents at the time and my little one was having a lot of um, abandonment issues because her father had left and he had been gone at this point for like seven years and um she was getting through most of this by then. I'm, you know, that started when she was like three and a half, but she was by this point, you know, five years in or whatever, seven years into it. She's still getting pretty good about it. But I also was not the person that was going to leave my child with my mother all the time, you know, because I needed to be out, quote, dating. Mm-mm. So a lot of it, a lot of our dating was him coming over with my mom and my stepdad and my little one and the dogs and. The crumbs on the countertops and the TV turned up to big decibels because no one could hear in that house. You know, the open door. (laughs) This guy, I'm telling you, what he walked into was not perfect. It was not perfect at all. But I didn't act like it had to be. I was 100% authentic and I didn't try to impress him. And he said later that took so much pressure off because he got to see who I was. Now, if you think about it too, I've seen his exes and they're all, they're beautiful. I mean, they're just like, oh, kind of cute. No, these are beautiful women. And you would think that I would be intimidated or feel like I didn't measure up. And even still, you know, this is years later. So, you know, I'm much older than they were at the time that they were dating him. And you think that, you know, I would feel like, oh gosh, I'm not as pretty. I'm not as this. No. You know why? Because there's one thing that they could never be. Ever, and that is me, me, Kristen Brown, me. They they'll never be me. They might have a bigger smile or prettier skin or less wrinkles or whatever they might have, but guess what? They can never be me. I have something that only I will ever have, and that is me, my heart, my personality, my DNA, and that the same and the same goes for all of you. No one ever will be you there's no replacement for us there just can't be from the past and this point forward isn't that kind of cool actually if you think about it so the reason why i'm sharing all of this with you guys is to drive the point point home that attracting and maintaining a healthy long-term relationship is not about moving pieces on a chessboard the advice on the internet today is out freaking There There is not a perfect formula of behavior that is going to get him or her to connect with you. You can't, the, I hear nonsense like don't call him for three days, uh, ignore him, or flirt with somebody else, or go out with somebody else, or wear something super sexy, or pay for dinner next time. I'm sorry, guys. None of that works at least not long term and the purpose for this episode is to help you realize excuse me what can land a partner and I don't want land to sound disrespectful okay it's just a word I'm using what can help land you a partner that cares about you and loves you reciprocally long term now you might get the quick fix from those type of behaviors that I just mentioned that are all over the internet. But here's the situation. You are gonna, you may get a fast response like, oh, that might make them react to you because you're flirting with somebody else. So you might get the attention. Or if you show up at their house and you give them a midnight booty call, you know what? But that doesn't keep a man interested in long term. It doesn't keep really most people interested in long term. That's not what they're looking for. That superficiality that is trying to move chess pieces on the board and manipulate strategies in your life, so or implement strategies, manipulation strategies in your life in order to get the person remember it's short term. I have a little module in my book about this too. It's called short-term gratification versus long-term pain, which means if we keep looking for the little short fixes. We're going to be in pain for a long time. To become irresistibly attractive, it's about healing from the inside out so your words and actions reflect a deep value of self. I want to say that again, and I would love for you to write this down and put it where you can see it every day. I use a white, dry erase marker on my mirror for really important messages. Maybe you want to adopt that. To become irresistibly attractive. It's about healing from the inside out. So your words and actions reflect a deep value of self. This is not about being thin, tall, short, a perfect eye color, a fabulous boob size, a body shape. Listen guys, this is no joke and I am not exaggerating. I have interviewed a lot of men in my day. I have been privy to conversations by men. I have four brothers, okay? I've listened to a lot of conversations from the outside. I've been around a lot. I've been a hairdresser for 28 years and talked to men. I have researched, and I can tell you something, 98% of them, now that's a guess on the number, but it was a really high number because like, truthfully, I think it was only one or two over all these years that really said something different. 98% of the men said they didn't care about the hair color, eye color, height, boob size, etc. None of that mattered. Also keep in mind that men are attracted to who they're going to be attracted to, just like you are. You know, you have five girlfriends sitting there. A guy walks by. One might go, oh my God, that's the hottest guy I've seen. And the other one look at you like, are you crazy? That guy is not good looking. You know, we all, beauty's in the eye of the beholder. Everybody has different tastes. Remember, going back to nobody else can be you, nobody else can be them either. We all think differently. So if you hear yourself saying things like, if my boobs were bigger, if my butt was smaller, if my waist was smaller, if my thighs were smaller, if my was tanner, if I had different eye color, skin color, hair color, oh, for God's sake, stop it. Stop yourself. If you hear yourself going into that toilet bowl cycle, stop it. You're just going down. You're hurting yourself. You're not being nice to you. Imagine yourself saying that to somebody else. Not cool. Don't say it to them and don't say it to you. One last thing I want to mention that is uber important. I want to speak to the married folks out there that are listening to this episode and I want you to hear this well. All these things I'm talking about They work for married people, too. This is just not a single get-the-guy-girl situation. This is about healing ourselves from the inside out so we show up into a relationship with a strong, vibrant, confident energy, not a needy, grabbing, manipulative type of energy. I know those words sound so dark, but you know what? They're, They're not that ugly. When I had to own that stuff in myself, I was like, wow, and I'm a really sweet, loving, caring person. It wasn't that I was some stage five Klingon, stalker, crazy bitch out there in the world. That's not what it was. It was an energetic feeling inside of me that kept repeating patterns in my life. That's all it was. And I needed to heal those patterns. And Doug was on the other side of that healing. And for the first time, I do feel that I have a loving reciprocally loving, committed relationship where we both equally value each other's experience. That's what we're aiming for. So single or married, this episode is for you. I might guess that you guys are going to have some questions after this one. This is probably the longest one I've done so far. And please feel free to message me at Kristen. K-R-I-S-T-E-N at sweetempowerment.com. I'm way open to questions. I absolutely love interacting with you guys. This is my passion and my joy. You're not bothering me. Send me a little note. Ask me a little question. And I will email you back or I will address it on another episode. How about that? If you've gained value from this episode, I would surely appreciate it if you would share it to your loved ones. And please jump over to iTunes and give me a five-star rating and review. You really help me out with that, guys. It helps move me up in the visuality of my podcast and get more listeners. And I love, love, love our community, and I just want to pull everybody in like a big big family bear hug and bring more empowerment seekers to us. So that would be really awesome if you guys would do that for me. Until next time, remember, you matter.